0: Are you, ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Hey, hey, Cubs fans and Budmans. It's your boy Juice Man here on Cubs On Tap with my buddy Nick Hudson over here talking that Cubs recap. Nick, what a win
1: tonight. A great win. A great win, Juice Man. I'm very excited to go over it with you. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah,
0: let's uh, let's jump into the uh, recaps right now or in a second here. But we're going to first plug the network. This is presented by On Tap Sports Net. This is Cubs On Tap. Both me and Nick are both writers for the On Tap Sports Net Cubs side of the uh, the business here. Um, obviously, Cubs win and Kyle Schwarber with the great walk off, four to three in eleven ten innings, if I'm not mistaken. Ten innings or eleven innings? Nick, you got ten innings. Ten so, innings. Ten innings. So. Let's jump into we are going to start this episode on this one, just because this is our first inaugural Cubs on Tap. And we're going to talk about our personal stories and how we became Cub fans. Nick, I want to start with you. What got you on the north side, man? Why are you a Cub fan? And, and tell me, is it because you're Sammy Sosa guy? Is it, it could be, you know, your, your parents. It could be your family. It could be just something you were born with, man. Like,
1: I want to hear it. Well, right out of birth, I was born a Cubs fan. I've always loved the Cubs. Uh, I've never given up on them. I grew up with those losing seasons, <laughs> just like all the other guys mage and it was hard. I never gave up. I, I love the Cubs. Uh, you, I loved my favorite player growing up was Derek Lee. Uh, I also loved Aramis Ramirez, but Sammy Sosa, never forget, never forget Sammy Sosa. So <laughs> yep, yeah, I've always been a Cubs fan, still a Cubs fan die hard now I don't miss a game and if I do uh miss it at home I'm watching it on the road somewhere so give me your favorite Cubs
0: memory it could be you at the game it could be you know sitting with your family and and watching a game maybe a family party where you know they beat the Cardinals two out of three when they normally don't weren't doing that when they were terrible and you know the early Uh, Nick first of all how old are you buddy that's how that to the viewers Uh, too. kind of Gives us a, an idea of you know where your Cub fandom started.
1: Well, yeah. So I just turned twenty one this year. So that, yeah, there you go. Good. Buy this yeah, man a we, beer. Yeah. <laughs> so my uh, favorite Cubs moment. It, and I bet a lot of people say it, but I'll never forget where I was is when the Cubs won the World Series. That night, I was I was a wreck. I had to. Uh, I didn't. I don't think I sat down until the end is when I just sat down on the ground right in front of the TV after they recorded that final out. But I'll, I'll never forget where I was that moment. So diving into mine,
0: I, I've been a Cubs fan. I'm, I'm 28 years old. I've uh, been a Cubs fan my whole life. My Cubs go back in my family probably three, four generations. Nice. Um, which is kind of nuts because my the side of the family that I associate with the Cubs is, is my dad's side, but my mother – who my dad married is a crazy Cub fan too. So the whole 2016 run was spent next to my mom. And I spent a lot of those games um, forfeiting going downtown to drink and to be nervous <laughs> with my mother. But my favorite Cubs moment, or the time where I became a Cub fan, and it's probably a better way to describe this, was I remember being in seventh or eighth grade in 2003. And I remember thinking the whole time they're up 3-1, they're going to the World Series that year against the Marlins. And I remember watching the game against the Bartman game, game six with my mom and dad. And I remember that happening, losing my shit. I threw something at the television. Yeah. Yeah. My mom and dad were like, you can't do that. Like, and (laughs) I could tell that my mom and dad were upset about it no matter what. And then the next night I didn't eat. I was a nervous wreck all day, you know, Wanted to watch that game and they lost, which they, they lost kind of by a lot. They only lost, but they lost by three or four runs in that game. And I remember going into my room and just trashing the hell out of it. Like everything (laughs) was thrown around and I thought, you know, they're never going to win a world series. So I always like, I always put two and two together that each generation has their own 69 team. And it's funny, this is a great segue into the game tonight that, the 69 team started as, as, you know, the 69 Cubs should have won the World Series and then the 84 Cubs should have won the World Series. The you know, three Cubs should have won the World Series. My coolest moment is obviously when they won the whole thing in 16. Yep. But I feel like a Cub fan who's listening to this right now can say, the moment you become a Cubs fan is, the, is one of those three moments, no matter what your age is, that you looked back and said, this is what made me a fan because I've dealt with, you know, the crap before. Bad you know, heartbreak. so yep. the 16s, it's a great moment and it's a great memory. But for some reason, I always go back to the heartbreak ones. And while we're doing this and I've done plenty of podcasts on this network with you know, d- plenty of different shows. You know, we have shy on tap that I'm on and I always talk with my Cub fan buddies. And it just seems like all of these moments that come up that are bad are the ones that stick with me. So I'm always the glass half empty guy. OK, so while yeah. we're doing this. You're going to have to bear with me because I may get unbearable while we're doing this. I'm going to be the guy that <laughs> talks about jumping off the ship. But let's jump into tonight's game, Nick. I want to, I want to talk about um, Alec Mills to start it out. Obviously, in the first inning, he doesn't get off to a good start, gives up three runs early. The Reds have just been a thorn in the side. What was your opinion of Alec Mills tonight and how he bounced back? I thought it was great to see him settle in and then get some, some long innings out of him, you know, some, a long start out of him actually ended up going um, and having a quality start. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great to see him come back from a horrible first inning Uh, going into this one. I think a lot of Cubs fans saw the name. It's not really a starter. We're used to, it's someone that came right out of triple a. We're a little nervous coming out of the loss yesterday. We want to get that momentum back on our side. So, after that first inning, I was also about to jump off the ship. I was not happy. Uh, but he, he really settled down. Uh, all his pitches started to work for him, and I think he he settled down great and quality start, went six, and did fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's good to see because the Cubs, too, they're going to play a lot of games coming down the stretch here, and the more and more they can save this bullpen, the better. And tomorrow going into the game, obviously the bullpen went five innings today, which, I mean, that's kind of standard for today now, especially since most starters only go six anyway. Um, Definitely. It was, it was good to see Alec Mills settle in because early on, I didn't see him getting through three, and I really <laughs> thought that the Cubs were going to go into a, uh, a salvage game, yep. in game in the third game here and, and be a, have a depleted bullpen. So it was good to see them settle down and, and get in. With that said, whatever the Cubs are doing with Eugenio Suarez, they need to pitch totally differently. Are you seeing the uh, same
1: thing I am? I agree. I agree. He's been a Cubs killer recently. You know, he, he's he got a great bat. Uh, last year, I remember that walk-off he hit against us, just awful. And then he had a go-ahead home run as well last year against us. We got to do something different. I, I'd say we don't give him anything to hit. He's just all over Cubs pitching, no matter who it is. So I agree with you. Yeah,
0: it it's just something. It's I don't know if it's a, it's a way that they're pitching to him, a sequence that they're trying to use. That just it just seems like he's ahead of. I don't know if it's a matter of maybe changing up the sequencing of pitching, or you know just attacking him in a different part of the zone. But whatever they're doing, it needs it needs to change because it, it, I think he he has a home run in both these both these games in the first and second game, and he, I think this dates back to he's he killed the like, he had the three home run game in if if that was June if I remember correctly too where he had three home runs in that and uh, he's he's just out of control whatever they're doing and it's the same with Vado. 41 straight home reaches again at Wrigley Field ridiculous I know That's that's they need to figure out how to pitch better to those three and four hitters because those are those guys are doing a lot of damage and it puts a lot of pressure on the starters to get one and two out and the bottom of the order before it flips back over to the middle of the lineup but it was good to see Alec Mills settle in good to see the bullpen do some great work as I mentioned five innings pitched three hits one walk no runs Really shut it down after uh, the first inning. The the Cubs were pitched a shutout after the first inning. Nine inning shutout collectively, um, but it was great to see. So, what's your? I wanted to see your opinion. I'm a Roll Bell Garcia everyday guy now. I'm just yep. I'm not seeing the idea of what they're doing with uh, with Addison Russell out there. I get that you know it's a, it's a reclamation project, and the Cubs are <laughs> acting like they're the guys who are giving him a restart and a and a beginning or, or whatever you want to call it, but. I just don't see, other than his glove, which he's he's made some bonehead plays as we saw against Pittsburgh, I don't see what we're we're really having here. And I, I think that this lineup, while we've all talked about how deep it was, for a while there, it was only six deep. And now yep. seven, eight, nine, or, you know, your seven, and eight hitters, you were getting nothing. I was like having three pitchers come up. Yep. So I want to see what your opinion is of Robel Garcia.
1: Yeah, first I'd like to touch on what you just said because it's been great and it's kind of been overshadowed shadowed. Hayward's having an amazing year so far. So to get him hitting against great, but Robel Garcia needs to be in that lineup every day. At first I thought when he first came up he looked like a two outcome type of guy and that was the story in Triple-A on him like strikeout or home run. But he's ripping the ball down the line. He's seeing pitches real well. I don't believe he's taken um, a triple yet, but he's got speed as well. So, yeah, Russell really is not doing it for me anymore. The defense of Russell and Robel Garcia, you can't really choose Russell over Garcia now. Um, Addison Russell's defense isn't going to save him on this one for me.
0: Yeah, and I I just, I I look at the state of the team, too, and you have a lot of guys who don't have a lot of options and a lot of flexibility of sending them down to AAA. Addison Russell is one of those guys who actually has an option. You know, they can send him back down, and he doesn't have to go through waivers. So I feel like, and I know that they've talked about Ben Zobris returning to this team um, sometime in early September, hopefully, or maybe mid-August, but the thing is, is I, I just, I feel like, once they DFA Descalzo, because I feel like that's just that's just yeah. a foregone conclusion at this point. It's just a matter a of matter time. of time. Yep. But when they end up doing that, I I feel like if they do make a trade or step out there and need to add another arm into that bullpen, Addison Russell has to be the guy and not Robel Garcia that gets sent down. I know they both have options, but. Like we said, he's driving the ball around the ballpark. He's not just pulling the ball, sending it to all fields. And that's something that the Cubs don't have a lot of, you know, the Cubs are one of the highest teams when it comes to shift rates. So to have a guy in that lineup who can, you know, poke the ball the other way and isn't, it's is keeping the defense on their toes. I think it's something that the Cubs really need to look at. Do you agree with that at all?
1: I definitely agree. Uh, if, need be, Russell has to be the one sent down. The thing with Robel Garcia is he gives you a better plate appearance than Russell does. I feel like Russell's down three strikes, and that's it. Um, Robel Garcia actually tends to battle almost like Rizzo, not to the extent of Rizzo, where he chokes up, but Robel Garcia definitely looks much better in that batter's box than Addison Russell at the moment, so I, I have to agree with you. As bad as it would look for the Cubs to just be like, oh, we we worked really hard, and now we're gonna send them back down. They have to look at, they have to take what's at stake here, and they need to send them down if need be because Robel Garcia is just clearly a better hitter than him. Yeah, and it's just it. I, I don't know, and I know Addison Russell has more
0: range, and I get that his defense is a little better, but the Cubs are not. Obviously, they they're struggling a little bit on defense, but they need that bat in that lineup because you don't know where you're getting guaranteed production out of out of that lineup lower at the bottom you know that's that's and that's the problem with what we're looking at here and like you said I just don't think Addison Russell's defense trades out you know the, the bat that you're really needed and, and I don't think that Robal Garcia is that bad at second base I think I think he's he's able to be serviceable he's not a guy who's going to uh you know, wow you with his glove, but that's not why he's there. You know, and that's that's where this Cubs offense is at. They need to hit, and this is a guy that since he's come up in his nine games, he's drove the ball around. He's hitting three forty eight, slugging nine thirteen. Like that's a guy that you can't send down. No, and it's, it's it's just it's not. This is the point where we're at where if Dio truly wants to go back to his end of the year press conference where he said this is all about, you know. Results over rebuild and result over player development, then Robel Robel Garcia needs to be the guy who's getting the play more times than not. So, I agree. With, the, with that said, you know it, it's good to see, and I think I think we've waited too long to really dive into you know the man of the hour who hit the walk off. But yeah. Kyle Schwarber, man, what's your opinion? His start to the second half so far is, and I know we've, we're we're only five games in here, but Kyle Schwarber looks like a different hitter in the second half.
1: Uh, I have to yeah I have to agree. He's looking great at the plate. He's really driving the ball a lot more than he did the first half. His power numbers are looking like they're gonna go way higher than his first half because everything he's seeing, he's just putting getting his barrel to it and it's been great to see that home run he hit the other day. he smashed it and uh, he needed no help from the wind. It's great to see um, him go oppo, and the Cubs hitters really have been using that opposite field approach this year a lot more than last year, I feel, so I think think that's great, but to see Schwarber do that tonight in that moment was obviously a great, great thing for the Cubs, but we needed that. We needed that walk-off, give us our momentum back. We had a really good series against the Pirates, swept them right out of the second half, and... As you know, and as most Cubs fans know, Joe Madden's Cubs team plays really well in the second half, and I'd like to see us run away with this division. So,
0: Yeah, just to dive in on that real quick, I, I like how you said Joe Madden's team's playing well in the second half, and I, I want to ask you, do you think that there is a move out there that is going to be made that makes this team better, and, and what do you think it is? Do you think it's left-handed reliever? Do you think that it's more likely that we see a top-of-the-order guy? Because if you're getting Kyle Schwarber, 300 hitting Kyle Schwarber in the second half, and I know it's five games, small sample size, 20 at bats, but if you're getting that Kyle Schwarber, he needs to be hitting in RBI chances, not at the top of the order. Which I know, hey, everyone's going to say, well, oh, the top of the order doesn't matter anymore. It's you only yep. see it once, and then and then it's the uh, you know then the game's on. Well, I, I do believe that your power hitters, and I, I may be a baseball purist, a guy who goes back, you know, the 28 year old man is fifty is twenty eight going on fifty, <laughs> but I do believe that Kyle Schwarber needs to be hitting in the six or the five or the seven hole at the bottom here, wrecking havoc, because we haven't seen that. You know, we've seen yep. a very top heavy lineup. And my my question to you is do you think that, that we're gonna see a trade that allows that or do you think that they're just gonna settle for a left handed reliever?
1: Uh I think that you being a baseball purist um uh, is is great. I don't think that Theo Epstein is a baseball purist, and I think that Kyle Schwarber has made his job very hard with the second half. He has come out and just exploded as a leadoff hitter. So we were thinking Whitmerfield. We were all thinking him, and I think even Theo was going. That's it's, it's good option. But I'd like to see, I'd like to see an arm. Uh, our bullpen has not been what I would want it to be in second half so far. It's been a little shaky. Today was good. Today was good. We had a little issue with a Little. You know, those heebie-jeebies at the end, but it's fine. But I'd like to see another arm, and I think that we, we need another arm. But Kyle Schwarber hitting at the bottom of the lineup, i rather see it. I want to see him hitting with guys on. I don't want to see him hitting uh, bases cleared because a solo home run is just a solo home run. But I think a lot more pressure would be on the pitcher if he's in the sixth spot. Because you got guys on base. He's going to get nervous. He gives him a pitch to hit. You know, that's the difference between three runs and one run. And i rather see three runs. I think everyone else would too, but we'll see. I mean,
0: what do you think? Yeah, just to add on to that, I think that if he's hitting in the seven hole, I think it makes your eight hitter that much more feared. You know, you and maybe that ends up clogging the bases a little bit more. Um, him hitting maybe in front of uh, – see, the problem is, is you're going to have to split – Jason Hayward, and you're not going to throw two lefties back-to-back. You're not going to have Kyle Schwarber in the 7th hole and Jason Hayward in the 6th hole. So you're going to have to flip them in and out. And Robel Garcia, hopefully that's the guy who's hitting, you know, in your in your, in your your 6th hole or your 7th hole. So, I mean, you're kind of lefty stacking it. But with that said, you know, I, I do think that Kyle Schwarber in, in a power spot would be nice to have – I just look at his numbers and for the number of home runs he has, he has next to no RBIs for it. It's a lot of solo shots. Yep. Like you said, he's had a lot of lead off home runs to w- to um, start the game, which is great. But with that said, you know, I-, I do think that the lineup becomes more scary. If you could add a top of the lineup piece and, while Theo Epstein's not a baseball purist and I'll, I will not go toe to toe with Theo Epstein. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a guy, he's a legend. He's going to end up in the, in the baseball hall of fame for ending oh, two yeah. curses. But with that said, I, I, I just feel like this team would benefit from somebody like a Ben Zobrist who to start the game works an eight, nine, 10 pitch at bat. Yep. Know, and doesn't let the starting pitcher get a, get comfortable. The thing and the reason why the Cubs have struggled mightily so far as I look at it, is if you watch every single game, they seem to start in the hole down 1-0, down 2-0, down 3-0. Yep. You know, and the same thing was today. And that's tough because then it puts a lot of pressure on your starting pitcher and your bullpen to not give up anything to let your offense you know, hit yeah. the slug to come back. Yeah. So I do think that first inning, starting pitching, it needs to be a focus for the second half. And I really hope that Ben Zovers comes back because – it just Me makes too. this lineup so much easy, it's so much harder to navigate when somebody's taking a big bite out of you that first start of the game. And you can't get comfortable. I mean, it just seems like Iglesias or, and even you know some of the aces that we've seen, they go in and, and it just they get so comfortable so quick, and yep. it's like you know the Cubs are done before they even start.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. And to touch on Ben Zobrist, he is a baseball purist. He does not have the launch angle swing or anything like that. He works a really good plate appearance every time. And I have to say that it's been crazy this year because the offense has been inconsistent. But on the days that they're not hitting, there is three to four pitch plate appearances. I mean, you got guys swinging at pitches in the dugout. It's ridiculous. But then on the next day, they could be taking pitches right off the zone. So it's been very interesting. I think that every time the Cubs work good plate appearances, good things happen. And obviously that works for any team But especially the Cubs, because as you said before, we have those power guys, but it doesn't work if it's just solo home runs. So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah, so we're going to dive into our first segment of this show. I I like to hopefully think that when different um, hosts do come on this show, that we'll try to keep this the same. But I want to go into our web gems part of the game. This could be where we talk about another team's web gem on on the Javi Baez play. I know the Javi's been robbed left and right in this series, (laughs) or we could talk about, you know, the Cubs. Great defensive plays that we started. I know you had a few that you wrote down.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, Elmore's catch this first inning was awesome. I, I, th- I thought he had no chance at that ball. It's great to see him slide, not run face first into the brick wall. <laughs> so I, I had that. Um, yeah, just a, a great catch. Let yesterday, Javi getting robbed, and uh, I think it was Jeanette robbed him two twice, Times yeah. twice of two hits, which ended his, uh, on base or, or hitting streak of the games. Uh, those were good plays. The first one especially was a great play. I thought he had no chance. Yeah, I
0: had I had the uh, the throw today, Baez de Maldonado to cut down. Uh, I forgot who that was at home plate, but they saved that fourth run. And I thought that keeping that game three-nothing was the difference between the Cubs thinking they're in it and thinking they're out of it real early. And yep. Alex Mills kind of thinking, all right, well, I gave up my three, you know, and they my defense bailed me out you know, thank God. Now we can, now I can settle in and have a good start. So I had that. Um, Javi Baez just, every time I see this guy make a play, it just seems so easy. And that play just seemed (laughs) like effortless, like smoke to the plate and what a great throw and just led Maldonado's glove right to the tag.
1: Oh yeah. It was a great throw. Yeah. Anything Javi does. And as all Cubs fans know, he does it perfectly. I mean, he makes some amazing plays. And I like what you said there. It looks easy. Some of his across the body throws make you want to just get up and try it. But you know, it's like harder than that. So Javi's arm is definitely a difference maker for the Cubs. I wanted to talk about one question. We're going to do a question.
0: This is our third segment. Obviously, we did the game recap web gems. So and now we're into uh, the question part of the night where uh, we'll come up with some fancy name for it eventually but this is the question part <laughs> of the night so for our first inaugural episode here the first question was is craig kimber obviously he kind of struggled in that uh, ninth inning to get it into extras yeah are we are we comfortable
1: with Kimbrel yet are we you worried know, about him at all it's hard to say i'm not i wouldn't say i'm worried i am a little bit annoyed i would say just annoyed these trade, And I think it's because some of our trades have not worked out. I mean, we have the U Darvish that still hasn't really panned out, the Tyler Chatwood, Brandon Morrow, some of those trades. So to see Kimbrell, I was hoping he'd come out and just be lights out Kimbrell. He hasn't been. I'm not worried. Uh, today, I thought his his fastball, he was not locating well at all. I, I mean, he's really good at that uh, throw it up there fastball, that high heat to get those swings and misses, when he pulls it to the outside corner, he if he's not hitting that corner, he's in trouble. Because that is not set up, then no one swings at it. So mm. he's got to get that first strike uh, on that fastball, and then he can set up the curve. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm worried yet. I wouldn't say I'm worried yet. I, I just, I, I look at, I'm going to
0: use a, a really odd metaphor for this, but Craig Kimbrell's like, the hot girl that you really wanted to date, like forever, and then you finally get <laughs> yeah. her, and you're like, Damn, baby, hurt me. You know oh, what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. like, do whatever you want to me because all the ugly ones, and that meaning Pedro Strope, you know, mm-hmm. Wade, obviously, Wade Davis is pretty damn good for the Cubs yep. for a while, but you know, the guys that they, the Steve Sheeshacks that were running out there, the you know, what I mean, I mean yep. Tyler Chatwood was closing games for God's sakes early yeah, in April and gosh. May. Like, It's like I've had these hideous looking (laughs) girls, like, you know, (laughs) to close my night out. And now I got like this, this smoking hot, like, fireball just rocket that, like, just like hurt me, baby. I'm like, I'm not worried about it because I look at like the way that this Cubs, the way his seasons kind of progressed is this is his spring training.
1: You know, he's kind
0: of working through some things, trying to get his location down. I'd be really worried if he were throwing like 92, 93, 94, but. The fastball still has life. He's still throwing 97-98. Yep. Um, the curveball does look good. You know, he does have that off-speed stuff that, like you said, gets set up off the fastball. But I'm happy that the Cubs finally have a guy that at least has the stuff and the makeup to be out there. And that's something that all season we looked at. I mean, the Cubs, realistically, let's, let's talk about this whole season in a whole before we go into the, uh, the next probables for tomorrow. But if the Cubs could beat the Reds and they could have closed half the games in, in April and May, we're probably looking <laughs> at a team that's 10 up in their division. And yeah. everybody in Chicago is like, man, we just need a lefty reliever. You mm-hmm. know? So, and the Cubs have struggled mightily, don't get me wrong. There's a reason why, and it's because they haven't played up their potential in the last couple months. But that's why like, games in April and May, they mean so much. You know? And that's why like, it just yeah. really hurts to like, that they didn't have that guy on the roster to start the year. Yes.
1: I agree. It does hurt. I would have liked to see them get him a lot earlier. And and I, even early on, I saw this coming far beyond everyone else. I knew we needed a closer. I did not trust Pedro Strop last year just because he's shown signs of just almost tipping his pitch. The quick pitch sometimes ends up biting him, and uh, I don't think he's got a plan sometimes. And I that comes back to bite him. I don't think he, sometimes he works around the hitter, and it, I wasn't comfortable with Strope on the mound. I was hoping we'd get a closer, and I'm glad it's Kimbrel. And I like your I like your uh, metaphor because that's perfect. That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> I was like, I don't care what you do, give me Kimbrel. I don't care if he's throwing 92. We'll work it out. Give give me Kimbrel.
0: It's almost like to to go back in time to 2016. It's like I remember watching some of the DVDs and them talking about why they like through Chapman out there for three straight games. It's like, (laughs) I'm losing with the guy who throws 120 miles an hour on the mountain. Like, that's just, that's just what we're doing here. You know, so with that said, like, I'm hoping Kimbrell gets his location down. Everything will be okay. The Cubs can solidify that bullpen. Like we said, they had a good night tonight. Hopefully in the future, this is something that, that stays now that everybody's in the position. And I thought this was not as talked about the fact that the Cubs have all these guys on the back end, that were put into awkward situations because they had to pitch in April and May to close games out because they didn't have a closer. So come September and October, when it matters, I hope that all the times that they had to be in those high-pressure situations got them acclimated to the fact that that's what's going to happen every time they step in the mound in October. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that's that was the ass backwards way of myself you know (laughs) going through my head and saying all right i'm gonna try to be glass half full guy here because (laughs) while the bullpen's been an achilles heel for most of the year i do think that maybe silver lining is something that you know them being put in those awkward situations can get them ready for the postseason
1: yep i like
0: that yep we'll uh we'll accelerate into the, uh, probables tomorrow. We have you Darvish on the mound for us coming off of his, uh, seven inning, uh, performance against the pirates looked really solid. I want to yeah. hear before I, before I go into the, uh, the red starter, I want to hear your, uh, your analyzation of you Darvish's last start. And like, what do you see going on for the next, uh, next ball yep. game tomorrow in the rubber match?
1: You know, I think it's been his last two starts that have been good. His last start was fantastic when he locates that fastball, Like Just like Kimbrel, he can set up his other pitches off of that. I think he needs to use fastball a lot more. Sometimes you see him rely a lot on his slider. and If you throw that over and over and over, you're bound to hang something, and that's what's been happening. He's been bit by the home run ball a lot this year, but he's looking really good, and I hope he can return to Darvish form because you, Darvish, is a great pitcher, and I think a lot of people forget that because we've had such big problems with Darvish.
0: Yeah, I, I loved what I saw the other day. I thought that uh, his fastball velocity and his command was some of the best we've ever seen. A lot of times when I watch you, Darvish, he doesn't attack a hitter. He tries to to nibble around a guy. To me, you, Darvish has good enough stuff to, hey, man, if I'm missing my spot by an inch, maybe an inch and a half, I could still get this guy out because, you know, I, I have the stuff and I have the movement on my fastball and on my off-speed pitches to get by on that. I, uh... I think we're going to get a good start out of Darvish, but he he's opposed by Sonny Gray, who's having a hell of the year as well, 5-5 and 3-42, and on a team like the Reds that, you know, he's not getting a lot of run support either, you know. So what's your opinion of Sonny Gray? I know
1: he's, he's a stud, man. Yeah, he's been great this year. I, I mean, it was such a shocker because coming from the Yankees, he was looking like he could have been a clunker for the Reds, but they really turned him around, and he's been looking great and – I don't know. I I think you, Darvish, can go toe to toe with him now. I mean, you want to ask me two months ago, and I'm I'm scared. I I would be a little scared for this matchup. But tomorrow should be good. Uh, got Gray on the mound, so we'll see. He, I I don't quote me on this, but I think he was an All Star. Yeah, so. I think he was too. Yeah, yep. Castillo and Gray. So we got to face yes, off. Yes, he was an because it was the
0: first time they had two All Stars since 2014. Or yeah, yep. 2014. So yep. yeah, no crazy. I, I think it'd be a good pitching matchup. I think the team that fields tomorrow is the team that wins because like that. one yep. defensive error is going to end up being maybe what breaks the game open.
1: Exactly. And you Darvish relies a lot on his defense. Uh, now before he was a strikeout guy, but now he's been getting a lot more on the ground and things of that nature. But Sonny Gray is a guy that relies on his defense. He's not going to blow you away.
0: So before we weed this out, we're gonna do a little score prediction for tomorrow. Maybe a pick to click as well. Um, I'll let you go first, being that this is your uh, our first show. I'll give you the uh, I'll give you the nod. Um, go ahead and uh, and give it a score and and your uh, your pick to click. I know that's a White Sox term, but we'll uh, we'll roll with it for this one. We'll figure something else out. We got a lot of things we have to figure. We got to figure out a question. We got to figure out <laughs> yeah. pick to click
1: uh, in quotations. What that's gonna be. I think the score is going to be close tomorrow. I'm guessing – I'm going to go low scoring. I'm going to say Cubs win 3-2. Um, pick to click, I, I think Hayward is going to be on fire tomorrow. Hitting from that left side, he's he's going to do great. I'm going to go
0: a 5-0 Cubs win. My pick to click, You Darvish, he gets his first win at Wrigley Field. In, nice. What's it, 14 <laughs> starts now? He hasn't – 14 home starts, and he doesn't have a win yet. It's just due to happen. And I think I may just pick you, Darvish to win every game at home until it happens. And then I'll cancel it all out. And I'll be able to uh, sleep well at night, finally. So, Nick, thank you for your time, buddy.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Go Cubs. And let's uh, let's get a series win tomorrow. Obviously, the rubber match tomorrow, 120. you, Darvish against Sonny Gray. Let's try to beat the Reds in a series, my man. Uh, sounds good. Let's get that W. Go Cubs, go! This this podcast presented by OnTap Sports Net. Make sure you're getting out there for all your sports and literature needs. Make sure you guys are vis- visiting the website. We both have we have the Chicago tap podcast for feathers, shy socks weekly socks on tap. If you fancy the South Side, we also have uh, our Bulls on Tap podcast, and to be announced soon, a Bears podcast in the making. So make sure you're heading to OnTap Sports Net for all your sports and literature needs. And, uh, Nick, any last words, my friend? Uh, No, go, Cubs, go. Go, Cubs, go. Let's fly the W tomorrow.